0: Years of marriage, I still date my wife. I buy her flowers. I call her honey. I say she's beautiful. I mean, all that stuff. And uh, you know, it's it's not so much that I saw it in in my past generation because dad was very you know very tough. He came from that generation. Don't hug. Don't kiss. Don't speak much. And it's not that they didn't love. They loved. It's just that's the way they were taught. So we had to you know start understanding. Uh, Previous generation and some of the roots of that previous generation, but we also have to understand that there were mistakes that they were taught. Just because you're sincere does not mean that you're right. You could be sincerely wrong. I remember one day, Dad was visiting the church that I pastor. He was in the back just standing there, real rigid, you know, real rigid the way that the men of that generation are. And uh, you know, I love that. That's a regal thing about them, but. You know, I just, you know, I, I've got to go and hug that man. I've got to go hug and kiss him. I'm going to hug him and kiss him. And I, she because somebody had to break that. You know, we just shake hands. What's this shaking hands with dad? So I, so I went up to him, hey, dad, I love you. And I hugged him. And I just did a teddy bear thing like that. And he's, he's like this, you know. And I kissed him on his cheek. And from that moment on, something happened. Something happened. Something broke. Something broke in the spirit. Something broke in his heart. And after that, you know, uh, we became much, much greater friends. Um, he started treating me more uh, daddy-like, so to speak, business-like. And, and today, you know, every time I see him, I give him a kiss. He kisses me. We hug each other. Amen. But somebody has to break it. Somebody has to initiate it. And sometimes it's not dad. Sometimes it has to be son. Sometimes it has to be daughter. And, you know, why didn't they show me love? They love. They do love you. It's just a matter of sometimes we're taught the wrong way. Praise God. That's, that's a word for somebody right here. Amen. amen. Yeah, I, I, love, I love the church. I was, I was practically raised in church. I was in church since age 15. I, I was not a church person before that. So when I got to church, I, I had fun in church because, you know, a lot of crazy things happen in church. You know, amen. That's right. Amen. Funny things, you know, funny things. And I was one of the musicians, so I was, I was not on that side, I was on this side. So we'd see everything, and I'd play guitar. So I, I would watch everybody, at, and, and the church where I was raised in, um, you know, people would get up to sing on Sundays. They would give them 45 minutes. It was called the evangelistic service. I don't know why it was called the evangelistic service. Nobody came. that was brand new. It was always the same old folk. <laughs> evangelistic implies that somebody's going to come to the Lord and be saved, right? Well, we'd sit there, and then for 45 minutes, people would come up, and they'd have open mic, which was one of the worst things that could possibly happen because some people would come up and complain and, and, and gripe and criticize and, and carry on. And, and, and every once in a while, somebody would come in and sing that did not know how to sing. And, I mean, I had no problem with that because, you know, we're singing us unto the Lord, and the Lord receives all of our melodies, even if we are the bathroom singers, shower singers. God receives it because it's from the heart. Problem is, is that when they get up here and they sound, you know, off, then they want to blame it on the musicians. <laughs> you know where I'm coming from? And, and so, oh, the musicians must not have prayed up today. And, you know, and I'd look at them, and we couldn't say a thing. Otherwise, you know, we would be put in discipline. Discipline was another thing was taken out of context in those days. And uh, so we would learn how to laugh without laughing. Have you ever laughed without laughing? You're laughing on the inside, but your face is stone, Because you dare not laugh in church, otherwise they'll accuse you of having a demon of laughter. Which I never found in Scripture. I'm still looking for it, I never found it. <laughs> the devil takes away your joy. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, so if anything, it's God's will that we laugh a little more, stop being so grumpy. Too many curmudgeons in the church. So many grumpy old folk in the church, bless God, I'm saved, sanctified, fully the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but no joy, I mean, <laughs> the Holy Ghost gives joy. Am I in the wrong church here? I, mean, I don't know about you, but I'm going to enjoy my salvation. I'm going to enjoy spending time with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm, I'm convinced Jesus laughed a lot. Had a lot of fun. You know, with his disciples. He had a motley crew. And I tell, you, I tell you, he had fun with his disciples. Praise God. And don't get me wrong. Listen, I believe in order. I believe in the disciplines. Because it's the disciplines that's, that's going to take us to the next level. But if you're disciplined and grumpy, that's a bad combination. You have to be disciplined and loving. You have to show both facets of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, you know, I I appreciate as I came in, I see all the the folders and the brochures in place. And that to me is great. I love that. You know, as as soon as I came in, Jeff took care care of me like if I was a king. right. Thank you, sir. Thank 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 you. So to appreciate you and appreciate the excellence in this church, I'd have it no other way. I'd have it no other way. As you continue to grow, more and more people are going to be attracted. They're going to say, you know, I love this church. Because of the diversity it has, because of its excellence, because it models the love of God, the grace of God, worships in spirit and in truth. Hey, Amen. I, I thank God for that. But you know, every once in a while, I, I, I love to look at the brochures, and sometimes there are uh, typos. And and, on, and 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 just the other day, just the other day, I, I looked back at some of my, my typos. And, and I just wanted to share a couple with you. Before I get into the word, and the word is paying the price for your increase. Paying the price for your increase. But uh, there were some funny ones that I I saw the other day. And then a friend of mine sent some more to me. It brought a uh, laughter to me and brought some joy to me. And, for example, uh, they put on a brochure, The Sermon This Morning, Jesus Walks on Water. The Sermon Tonight, Searching for Jesus. (laughs) Amen. And then, what about this one? Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget your husbands. <laughs> Obviously, they won't saying throw away your husband. Just, sometimes we write things in such a way that it has another context, another potential context. The peacekeeping, or rather, the peacemaking meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to a conflict. Then this one was this one I saw a couple of years ago but it's still funny. Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. <laughs> wow. And this this is not for this church. This was in another church. Next Thursday there'll be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> oh man. That was so funny. Irving Benson and Jesse Carter were married on October 24th in the church. So ends a friendship that began in their school days. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, of course, I don't agree with that. I think you should become better friends once you're married. Amen. The church will host an evening of fine dining, super entertainment, and gracious hostility. <laughs> They meant hospitality, of course. <laughs> oh, boy. This evening at 7 p.m., there'll be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. It's actually sing, but they mess the G, so, yeah. <laughs> Everybody want, Huh? <laughs> The pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend him their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday. They meant griddles, griddles. Amen. Amen. That's enough. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Let's open the word of the Lord for, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Today I want to speak on paying the price for your increase. For every increase, there's a price that needs to be paid. One thing I've learned, however, is even though a price needs to be paid, most of us focus on the price that needs to be paid. Thus, it limits us, it hinders us. Or it causes us to procrastinate because we don't want to pay the price. And I think that's a mistake. We shouldn't focus on the price, per se. We should focus on the benefits. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Not that he enjoyed the cross. Because he asked the Father, Father, is there any other way? He said, not my will, not my will, let your will be done. But he did question it. He says, does, do I have to go through that? But the joy that was set before him was not the cross. It was beyond the cross. It was you and me coming back to the Father. The fact that we were able to be forgiven through his perfect sacrifice. So because of that joy, he endured the season of, of trouble that he had to undergo as a human being here on earth. And for him, is even more extensive than us because he left his glory. He condescended to humanity and he, he became one of us. He didn't need to die on the cross. He was and is and will always be perfect, loving, and holy, holy, holy. He did that for us. But what motivated him was the joy that was set before him. So we need to change the way we look at uh, the process because you cannot skip the process. And many young folk, especially young folk, make a mistake. They want to become a superstar and forget the process. They want to become a pastor and forget the process. They want to become the prophet of God or the evangelist. You know, they want to become, you know, the deacon or they want to become an elder. They want to become or want to have a big ministry without the process. Every single person has to go through a process. And I'm not only saying that for the church, for my business also, talking about the if you want an increase in your job, if you want to prosper, if you want to become a VP in the future, you have to go through a process. Because even if they give you the title, if you haven't gone through the process, you won't last in the position. You'll get fired sooner or later. It's called the Peter Principle. You rise to the level of your incompetence. If you keep on getting promoted, you get to a place where you don't know what you're doing. And it becomes glaringly apparent to your employees that you don't know what you're doing. And it also becomes glaringly apparent to your supervisors who then have to bump you down or bump you out. So it's better that you go through the process. Take your time, go through the process, pay the price, but don't focus on the price. Focus on the benefits. Praise God, I can see the benefits. I can see myself as a VP. I can see myself as a pastor. I can see myself as a singer. What do you do if you have a gift of singing? Well, you perfect it. You go to school. I told that to my daughter years ago. I said, honey, you have a beautiful voice. Why don't you go to school and train your voice since you have a good voice? And since you're gifted in that area, you like to sing. Why don't you go to school? And she obeyed me. She went to school and she got her bachelor's in singing. And um, she, she learned how to read music, write music. And right now she's reading and writing music and singing. And just Friday she was with me in a church and uh, visiting a church. I had to minister there. I took her with me and, and she blessed them in singing. Amen. Yes. Building a choir now, and because, because she has that gifting now, now she's able to help others bring them higher. But does it stop there? No. Every doctor has to go back to school every year, every lawyer has to continue to go back to school. You have to continue to self educate. One person, one great person, said it this way I don't have to have a title or a degree, but I do have to continue to educate myself each and every day. Your training will only last you about 18 months. After that, it becomes irrelevant. And in today's society, probably sooner. Hello, somebody. Some of you are depending on the training you got 20, 20 years ago. That's not going to work. I don't care what type of title you have. It's not going to work. It's irrelevant today. And today's society is moving so quick. So today's Christian, if you're going to be effective in the marketplace, if you're going to be effective in your witness, you have to get with it. Some of us are in the twilight zone. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we think we're all that. Meanwhile, we're stuck in a rerun somewhere. We're still watching spiritual I Love Lucy's. I don't know if that makes sense, but it made sense to me. We've got to get with it. We have to start understanding there's a contemporary move of God. And, and, and I'm not talking about the principles of God, they never change. But the things, the, the tools that we have today. My God, uh, one man was able to reach almost the entire world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He invested $30 million of his own, made a movie, and touched the world. He's not a preacher he's not a minister. He doesn't have a church. And yet he touched more people than most pastors would ever reach. Most cities of pastors would ever reach. In one fell swoop, in two years, he reached more people because of the technology. So we have to think out of the box. You're in this room, but this room does not limit you. This is not Christ's church. You're in process. You're a huge church in process. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. The Bible says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Our Lord Jesus, he mentioned and mentored for us the process of paying the price with a significant achievement. He sacrificed for humanity at the highest level to create an opportunity for humanity to be reconciled to Almighty God. We know that, and I appreciate that more than words can say. I eternally appreciate it. I thank God every day. I never want to lose my thankfulness edge. When we stop being thankful for the things we have, we start looking down on the things we have. And most Christians today are looking down on who they are and the giftings that they have. I wish I was like that person over there. If I was like that person over there, then I'd be successful. You don't know that you are already equipped with everything you need to be as successful as you want to be in life. Hallelujah. We just don't know that. Success has already been released on earth. We don't even have to, oh, God, make me successful. He already told you what you need to do to be successful. We just have to change our disciplines. Several disciplines on a daily basis create success. Several bad habits on a, on a daily basis create failure in the long run, and that's what happens with us. We do several wrong things on a daily basis. over a long period of time, it creates a great deal of failure. However, if we just tweak and change our disciplines on a daily basis, basis read the word more every day, you know pray a little more every day, uh, confess the word of God to yourself every day, it'll change your aspect the way you think. God told Joshua, Joshua, it's in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Joshua, if you would meditate on my word day and night, watch this, what he said. If you meditate on my word day and night and obey my word, you will make your own way prosperous. He didn't say, I will make you prosperous. He said, the fact that you meditate on my word and obey my word, you will make your own way prosperous. We're already equipped to be prosperous in life. It's already been released. That's how come you can see a sinner man out there, and I tell you, that man is blessed, blessed, blessed on a physical sense. He's got a great business because he's operating in the success principles that God already released on earth. See, harvest comes to all. The rain comes on the just and the unjust. problem is many of the just are now practicing the principles, the daily principles that they need to be successful beyond measure. And this is a day that we need to be successful beyond measure because it's not enough for me just to meet my bills. Because if I just meet my bills, I can't pay my tithe. If I can, come on people. If I can just meet my bills, I can't give an extra offering for the missionary service. I can't afford, you know, the, 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 the dance uh, suit that I'm going to wear that day to minister. I can't travel maybe a week and, and go and help the indigenous people of South Central America or Africa or in Australia, wherever it is that God's calling you to go. I need to make more than enough. And according to the Word, the Bible says that Jesus came to give us life in? in. So if, if, if we don't have enough, we're not flowing. There's something wrong. We've got to go back to our root disciplines to see where is it that we're missing it. Because God's not missing it. He already released success on earth. Hallelujah. Now, we've looked into the Scriptures to see what they say concerning the very important truth that God desires. That we increase in every area of our life. It blows me away, people, that all of nature understands it has to increase. If you plant the seed, it'll grow. It has no other choice. It's just going to grow. Yeah. It'll keep on growing, growing, growing. You, you sow an acorn, that thing's going to con- continue to grow, 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 till it becomes a huge oak tree. Yeah. It has no other desire in life but to grow. We're the only ones that have the ability to grow and the understanding as to how to do it. Mm-hmm. And we self-limit ourselves. We let others fool us into thinking we're not supposed to grow. God called us to grow. You see, children, they have no other alternative but to grow. You'd never see a three-year-old saying, I'm sorry, I'm never going to grow up. I'm going to stay this size, and I'm just going to waddle for the rest of my life. They just, they don't even think about it. They just automatically grow. Amen. When I was three years old, I was just as handsome as I am now. But... But Hey, listen, the Bible says love yourself, right? It says love yourself as you love your neighbor, right? It's all right. Amen. There was one time I used to look in the mirror. I didn't like myself very much. But God taught me, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love others? (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise God. But the truth of the matter is, we decide not to grow. We decide to use excuses. We decide to, to stop blaming situations and circumstances and people and our past in order to limit us from being all that we're called to be. The world needs for you to be all you can be. Your neighbors need for you to be all you can be. Your church needs for you to be all that you can be. Hallelujah. God created us to increase. Then he told Adam and Eve after he created Him. he said... Be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful means to continue to give off more and more, and be bene- very beneficial, you know, in life and, and grow exceedingly, grow in culture, grow in, in your your linguistic abilities, grow in children, grow in community. So I, I don't I don't assume anymore that this is the way I'm going to talk for the rest of my life. I'm constantly learning new words on purpose. Every time somebody comes with a tremendous word, every time Dr. David Allen hits us with one of these highfalutin words, I go, all right, doctor, you got me this time, but I'm writing that word, and next time you say it, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, amen, amen, I got you. (laughs) Amen. One time he said, yeah, and throughout all the realms, even academia, I said, what's academia? (laughs) Sounds like a nut. (laughs) Macademia, academia. Academia. So I learned it. Now I know what academia is. If you don't know, go look in the dictionary. (laughs) That's what I do. I carry a dictionary in my pocket all the time. How are you going to carry a... a, Yeah, I have a little pocket, a a Palm Pilot. And in the Palm Pilot, there's a full 35,000 word dictionary. So you're talking to me and sometimes I pull out my Palm Pilot. It's not that I want to take a note. It's I'm looking at my dictionary because you said something I didn't understand. And you're not going to catch me the next time. Because I'm not going to be the same person I was last week, last month, and last year. Shame on me if I'm still the same person I was five years ago. Come on, somebody. I've got to self-educate myself because I've got to learn how to minister to doctors. I've got to minister to lawyers. I've got to minister to people in the marketplace. When my promotion comes up, I better be ready for that promotion. You don't get ready. Once they offer it to you, you, get ready before you have promotion in you. By the time promotion comes up to meet you, it says, I recognize you because it's in you already. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God expects us to increase. Yes, People need us to increase. Yes, the next generation needs our increase. Yes. And God is angry when one refuses to increase. Bible said it. With the gentleman with the five talents, he came back, he gave him another five and, and the Lord was happy. He said enter into my joy faithful servant. The one who had two, he multiplied it to four. And he said enter into the joy of your Lord. The one who had one, he said I refuse to multiply. It. I'm afraid of you. I, I, you know, I know that you reap where you don't sow. And he started giving him some crazy explanation as to why he thought he was not supposed to multiply. When, when his master told him, I expect multiplication. When I get back, I want to see some multiplication. Because that's not yours, it's mine. I'm just giving you the privilege to be able to co-labor with me with my stuff. And you know what I love with it? If I use his stuff he allows me to enjoy some of his stuff. But make no mistake about it, it's his stuff. Yeah, my ministry. It's not your ministry. It's God's ministry. But he's allowing you to partner in his holy ministry. Glory to God. For every increase a price must be paid. If you never expect to do anything significant in your life, don't bother to increase. If you sense that you're destined to do something significant, understand that you will have to pay a price. And that price will be the entrance fee to the doorway of significance. So let me just share the first point. Increasing in our significance. Increasing. Number one, we need to realize that we are an integral part of the body of Christ. It's amazing to me. When my body started growing, my hand also grew. My feet also grew. I didn't just grow like three quarters and then the the other quarter of my body just stayed short and stunted. That's not normal. We recognize there's a problem with the body when that happens. We've seen that in individuals where a part grows and another part doesn't grow. Maybe it atrophies. Maybe it wasn't connected properly. Something was wrong. So they have to adjust. They don't have 100% function, so they function in 80% capacity, maybe 70% capacity. See, the other members will make up for it. But that's not the complete normal way a body should function. Right? You understand? I saw the other day on TV a lady who was born with no arms. So she uses her legs for everything. She has children. She feeds them with her, with her toes. She uses her toes like she uses her fingers. And she's adept at doing that. Deft at using both the right and the leg. I mean, she, if she has a scratch here, her, her, her foot just come right up. Whoop! She is so limp I mean, she is incredible with that. But she had to use limbs that were not normally tailored for that to make up. And that's what happens in the church. You got people in positions where they're not supposed to be. And then people want to criticize them. Oh, they're not doing such a great job. Excuse me. They're doing that job, the other job, the other job, the other job. And you want to criticize them? Why don't you get your blessed assurance in action? So that maybe they might not have to do four and five jobs. If everybody takes their position on the wall, then maybe we wouldn't have to kill ourselves and kill off the good people. Kill off the hardworking folk in the church. That's all right. You don't have to say amen. It's true. Most churches, you look and you have a couple of people and everybody just coming in to just be blessed and go back home. I did my fiduciary responsibility this week. I went to church. I heard the word. No, that, that's, that's not ministry. You just came to be filled so then you could give out. Yes. Problem is, if all you do is eat and you never give out, that's called something I don't want to mention here today. That's a sickness. You have to go to the doctor. If all you do is eat and you never evacuate, you have to take something called x Because <laughs> you'll die if you don't do that. No, serious. Think about it. And many Christians are like that. We eat the word, but we never give out the word. After a while, that gets spoiled. After a while, you get, there's a sickness. People just receive and receive and receive, but never give. You, you don't become a conduit. So what happens, that gets stale within you, and you become critical of people. You become self-righteous. But if you're too busy serving and giving, what will end up happening? You, you, love flows through you, and you become more loving. And you, I, I, don't, I don't know much. But if you give, then what you have, God gives you more. I remember one, one particular month I was preaching. Another month I preached. The other month I preached, I said, God, I have no more messages. And then I heard a, a preacher talk about it. He says, the more you give, the more God gives you. It's even in your preaching and teaching. If all you have is a certain amount of knowledge and give it with the best of your abilities and your heart, God will he'll give you more revelation knowledge. And I found out that every single week I have more to give, more to give, more to give, more to give, more to give. More to give. You used the verse earlier on. And you used it in its right context, but I want to add to that. It says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. But it also says, for with the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you. So we need to understand that it is the measure that we give that's the determining factor of how much we get back. My God, we want so much and yet we don't... We don't set a baseline, we don't set a foundation to be able to get back. So, in other words, we have to come to a place where we realize that it is our giving that, is, that, that creates the, the, the launching pad for our receiving. Whew. That's been alive since Genesis. God promised, he says, as long as the earth exists, seed time and harvest will remain. Only farmers get the harvest. Glory to God. So we are an integral part. And also significance always involves working together with others. I don't know why we think that we can do a lot more alone than with others. The Bible says two are better than one. The Bible says in Psalms 133 that, Behold, look how wonderful, look how blessed it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See, unity is more than one. Unity is unity of thought. Different different giftings, but we're all looking toward the same goal, the same thing together. It says, it's similar to the anointing that is released upon the head of Aaron, the high priest. And watch this. Unity looks like the anointing. That's the principle. When we are unified, Ephesians 4.3, in the bond of peace, by the Spirit of God, what happens is the anointing is released. If two... People are together in unity concerning the purposes of God. There's an anointing that is released upon them too. When a family is in unity in the purposes of God, the anointing is released upon the family. When a church gets together, when the brethren start working together concerning the purposes of God for that church, the vision of that church, when we stop fighting and bickering uh, and everybody want this position, everybody want, don't, don't worry about that, just do you are best to make sure that church is blessed and growing. If, if it doesn't have, a, for example, a children's ministry or a Sunday school, then maybe you're the person that's called to start that thing and to help to organize that. When we come together in unity around the purposes of God as a ministry, then there is a corporate anointing that is released over that church. And it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that makes things easy. We don't have to fight at building a church. It becomes easy. When a city, when the city fathers come together, in the spirit of unity, around the purposes of God for the city. Then there's a citywide anointing that is released. So it is significant that we come together because two are better than one. and A threefold cord cannot quickly be broken. One can chase a thousand, two can chase... See, and with that exponential number, my God, what, what, what can a church do? That's working in a spirit of unity. What can a youth ministry do that's working in a spirit of unity? Glory to God. What can a choir, do? a worship team do that is working in a spirit of unity? Praise God. Hallelujah. The body has more strength, resources, and ideas. You don't have it all. When I lay down my pride and I ask you for help, I'm better. Because now, no, no, no longer am I just benefiting from my own gift. I'm also benefiting from your gift. Because now since I've lowered my pride, and I know I don't know it all, I can ask you for help. And you can genuinely come in and help me with your gifts and make me a better man. And that's what happens with many of us. We, we're either to ashamed to ask for help, too prideful, or, or maybe we didn't know that we can. Or what about the fourth one? We did go to help one time, and the person we asked for help was closed down. And I said, oh, I have no time for that. So now we say, well, I'm not going to help anybody anymore because I had a bad experience. Wrong. The greatest salesman in the world know that a no means, or rather does not mean failure. It just means that you've got to go to another person to get your yes. Uh, Amen. If if I asked somebody that has a, a bad day and I determine my future because of this guy's bad day, what am I doing? Amen. So if it didn't work with this person, I'm going to go to the next person. But I'm going to get my help. Because my help is going to help me and my family. It's going to help my church. It's going to help my future and destiny. Amen. Praise God. And right now, right here, there's somebody that, that, that has happened to, That has held back because of a past experience. So I'm never going to ask anybody for help. You've got to change that perspective. Because the Lord needs His body to be together because some great things need to happen. And my anointing, your anointing, and our experiences together is going to cause us to reach a city for Christ. Hallelujah. The body protects itself better than an individual in war we know that in proper war that one soldier looks this way another soldier looks this way and they watch each other's back and they protect each other see so when we are properly fashioned in our context of unity and in and we're looking at each other we're helping each other to grow we're protected oh that's that's awesome and most of us we we have no protection because we don't understand that we're not protecting anybody and we ourselves are not being protected the other area is the body protects, or rather provides more ways of accomplishing something. I might only know one way of doing this thing, but yet the body knows more. Amen. There are some things that I, I want to bring out to the marketplace, some things that I want to bring out to the church in general. There's a book I need to get out, an e book. There's a couple of things that I need to do. Now I found out about blogging. Blogging's a new thing for me. For others, it's, it's an old thing. In websites, I can touch the world in a very, a very simple way through blogging or through emailing, or, or uh, through our website. I found out several people in the congregation know all about websites. So now we partner together. I give them the articles, and they put it on the website. Make real beautiful, www.calvaryny.org. And so we started with putting out articles there. We, I found out another person who knows how to put video on, on website, who, who knows how to put audio on website. So, you know, one of these days, if you, two, two in the morning, you just want to hear me preach, just get on to www.calvary.org, and you can listen to one of the messages. You understand where I'm coming from? We can now minister to more people. I would have never been able to do that alone. I don't know how to do that. I tried. I failed miserably. So I, I much rather allow the team to work and everybody... Working together is able to touch the world. Amen. 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 Praise God. The other area is the body can do more than its individual parts. The next area is accountability is present. Thus, achievement has a greater potential for success. One of the things that I had to deal with in my early days, when somebody used to speak to me tough, I used to take it as a threat. When somebody used to bring correction to me, I used to take it as a threat. I had a procrastination problem as a young kid because... Dad had left home um, during the early, my early foundational years as a teenager. So I would get up for school, and nobody would be there to, to, to you know, kick me out of the bed. So I pretty much got up whenever I wanted to. i get to school late all the time, and the teacher would call in, and Dad wasn't there, so there's not much that could be done. I still passed, but I had that problem of getting to school, and I always blamed, of course, the train, number six train. I had to take the six and the D and the four and the two. I had to take four trains a day to get to school coming and going and uh, so when I started working I got married early you know we get to work late and my boss he wasn't merciful with me he came at me one day he said Victor if you do not correct this right away I'm gonna fire you and I looked at him and I saw him with with, like like if he was the devil with the pitchfork and the tooth oh what a bad man you're a very bad man You know, I, was, I was so angry at him. I, really, I sincere, I still remember the anger, anger I had at him. It had such an impact on me that he was so vicious with me. There was no mercy. I said, but yeah, but uh, sir, the, the, the train says, I don't want to hear it. That's your problem. If the train is late, get up half an hour earlier. So what are you talking about? I'm getting up early enough as it is. Uh, don't you have mercy on me? But after a while, I had to learn and realize, you know, when you don't train yourself, God will bring others to train you. And it's better that you self-discipline because if somebody else has to come and discipline you, it might not be so sweet. They're not going to be so kind. Amen. So I had to learn. <laughs> and accountability is just that. It's an opportunity for you to go higher. It's an opportunity for you to develop the disciplines that's going to bring you to high levels of success and to be able to enjoy and, 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 and bring your, your increase to the highest level it can go. And when pastor comes and tells you, listen, I would like you to do this. I'd like you to correct this. I'd like you to adjust that. Don't take it as a threat. When when the deacons tell you, when when the leaders tell you, don't take it as a threat. Take it as an opportunity to learn and to grow. When you go through a problem, don't take it as, oh, my God, a problem again. That's it. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? A problem, a problem. Listen, problems are the greatest times for growth. You don't grow when things are nice and quiet and comfortable and comfort level. That's not when you grow. You grow in the greatest times of crisis, the greatest times of pain, the greatest challenges. Isn't it amazing that David was a Mr. Nobody before Goliath? Pre-Goliath, David was just a shepherd boy who was totally unrecognized, not even by his dad. But post-Goliath, David became a significant war hero. Yet he was not one of the original soldiers. But he took the opportunity and the crisis head-on, challenge the head-on, while everybody else was saying, Oh my God, a problem. A giant. What are we going to do? They're going to eat us alive. They're going to cut our heads off. he anyway, said, so What's the problem? Let's just kill him like we killed the bear and like we killed the lion. As long as you continue to run away from your problem, you're never going to advance. Because the problem is actually another word for the door to your significance. Praise God. Woodrow Wilson once said, we should not only use all the brains we have, but all that we can borrow. Really, I've got to borrow some of your brains, some of your experience. Because I I need to go through some pain, but some of us go through too much pain. Our parents tell us something. We say, ah, these parents don't know anything. And then meanwhile, you, you get floored in the very same situation. You're embarrassed you won't go back to your parents and say, you know, you were right all along. You know, but sometimes you listen to your mentors, you listen to people. You know, just by the fact that you live longer, you already have a certain amount of experience in life. So I tell you, people who have lived longer, people in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, they have great, great experience in life. So we, it's, it's to our advantage to ask them, what did you go through? How did you experience this? What, what, what would you say to me? A man of wisdom, a woman of wisdom will go to the people who have lived longer than them and ask them, and you know, you're going to get some wisdom. And, and uh, promise keepers years ago told us something that uh, blew me away. And you know, I never had thought about it. They, when they go into every city, they go to the senior citizens and they ask them for help. And the senior citizens say, yeah, and they come in and they help. And I didn't really think about it, but coach told me this. He said, Don't, aren't you aware a person at 65 has retired from being a VP of this company and being president of that company and worked 30 years in that company, they have all the gifts. But now they're retired and they're looking for the next phase of what they can do and offer. They're not looking for money because they already have their pension. They already have saved their money and they're already living, you know, and enjoying. It's either that or, or, or move to Florida. I think they're making a mistake. They should all move to the Caribbean. You know, to, to the Bahamas, you know, Puerto Rico, you know, all these other great... Well, listen, the bottom line is, <laughs> if, if, if we engage them and, 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 and let them share their wisdom with us, we'd be much better off. I, I just spoke a word of wisdom to somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm all alone. No, you're not all alone. The Bible says, ask and you shall be. See, I love it because in the kingdom of God, it's, it's like God is he's waiting. I'm waiting for you to ask. Come on. Just ask. Come on. Come on. And he's waiting. He wants to give. He wants to give. We just, oh, what am I going to do? And he's saying, just ask. 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 Seek. Seek. You know, knock. Oh my God, what am I going to do? Just, I'm giving you the principle. Hello, my daughter. Hello. And we're not listening. <laughs> Hallelujah. To be significant means that we're fulfilling our God-given call. Amen. Number two, paying the price for our increase. Here are some things we need to consider before paying the price. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So, the first point is, paying the price is not a one-time event. It is continuous. Two, in order to go higher than you've ever gone before, you have to raise the price you pay. So, number one, just because I finished high school don't, does not mean that I finished my education. There's one thing I learned. I'm still going to school. I'm 46 years old, and I'm still going to school. I just finished two years ago getting my, my um, master's degree in theology, and I'm currently working on my doctorates. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Nobody told me I had to do it. My wife didn't tell me I had to do it. I told me I had to do it. Not because I want to be big and bad and say, well, call me doctor for now. It doesn't make a difference to me. I need to continue to educate myself because I need to continue to grow to be a better pastor, a better father, a better husband, a a, a better teacher of the word. Amen. I don't stop learning. I have to continue to self-educate myself. It's my responsibility. It's not mommy's responsibility. It's not daddy's responsibility. Daddy did all he could for me. Mom did all they could for me. They, they, they nurtured me till a certain age. Now I have to do for self. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I cannot allow excuses to keep me da- down any longer. I have to continue to go higher. But in order to go higher, I have to raise the price that I pay. I have to dedicate more time. Get up earlier. right now I 'm writing a book. I have found that it's not easy to write a book because what happens is you start right, you get the first chapter, and you go into the second chapter, and oh man, then you miss a day and you miss a week, and then you miss another week, and then you get, I the, book, the book you go to the third and then you drop it. No, you can't work that way. You have to discipline yourself. you're going to start it, you go every morning, every evening. I asked Dr Island the other day he said, "Doctor, how can you do it, man You're busy than all of us put together. How can you do it? You know what he told me? So I get up at 3.30 in the morning and I write. I write till about 5.30 in the morning every day. (laughs) I thought he was going to give me some nice, easy, dainty formula. Wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Another famous writer um, giving a seminar and I'm listening to the seminar. He said this. He said, well, everybody else goes home and watches TV prime time. And they just go into that blur and and the brain just goes on automatic and they start receiving this entertainment for two three four hours five hours I'm writing a book I use my creativity in prime time while they're wasting their life away allowing other people to become rich watching other people be successful and rich that's all right you don't have to say amen I mean you listen to this you could become a millionaire within five years Hallelujah. And God knows we need more millionaires in the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So I'm writing my book. And I've been challenged like I've never been challenged before. Because now I have to buy this other book. Just for the chapter, I have to make sure I do research. So it's getting my mind back and forth, but I'm finding so many walls within me, and each time I identify a wall, I start trying to dig up what's the root. Why do I have that there? Where does that self-limiter come from? Because I need to now challenge that thing and replace it with a new discipline. And disciplines don't come from a decision you make per se. It comes from a decision and then a process of change. See, because if all you do is say, that's it, I'm going to change, and don't take the corresponding steps to change, what will happen is it becomes like a New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose 10 pounds, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that, or uh, I'm going to start exercising. You do it for two weeks, and then you stop. Because you didn't change yourself on the inside. So don't worry about changing the exterior. First, change the interior, and then the outside will automatically come. Mm, Glory to God. My God. My God. And that's what I'm learning. So what I do now, instead of saying, man, I, I'm so dumb, or man, I, how come I'm always doing it?" I, I, I watch my words. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Your tongue literally has the ability to even shift the way you feel. It is an established fact right now that the things you say create your mood. Yes. Oh, I feel so tired. Don't oh, just say, I'm peppy. Yes. I, feel, I feel good. I'm excited, even if your body doesn't, see, your body doesn't know the difference. If you say that, you're actually giving a command to your body. The endorphins start releasing and say, so, listen, we're, we're feeling good, you know. Because your, your mind only can think in present terms. So as you start speaking in present terms, your mind just starts automatically creating the very thing that you are saying. God knew it all along because he's the one that created the body. He says, watch your tongue because in your mouth is the power of life and death. And most of us, we don't know that, so we're using... A, man, our, our, we, we're so dysfunctional, we don't realize, why am I so dysfunctional? You talk. Because you say anything you want, any emotion, anything. Oh, yeah, we're just destined to all die. <laughs> and, and our body say, okay, start to die. because <laughs> we, we say the most terrible things about ourselves yeah. and about our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to change that. So, I'm, I make it my business. Whatever comes out of my mouth must edify, Amen. must help to increase me and those that I am with. If you're going to hang around with me, you're going to feel good that you hung around with me. Because I, on purpose, I'm going to speak something good into your life. Please, I understand the value and the power of the things I say. Hallelujah. And that's why today I, li- I do a lot more listening than I do talking. Because if I talk too much, I sin. But if I shut up long enough, I look smart. Sometimes I'm in one of the jobs that I have and, and they'll, they'll, they'll tell me, oh, you have a promise. Sis. well, talk to me. What's the problem? Oh, we have this situation. Okay, well, what do you think? Meanwhile, I'm saying, man, what are we doing this? Uh, but they start talking and they themselves get the answer. And then they leave, they, they leave the office. They say, thank you, Mr. Nazario. We appreciate your wisdom. And I'm going, the only wisdom here is that I shut up long enough. Let them work it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a commercial, candy bar Commercial. Where the guy, you know, he he knows if he talks, he's going to get in trouble. So he just sticks the candy bar in his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Some of you might need to keep some candy bars in. (laughs) Uh, But I digress. All right. So it's it's a continuous event. Some ignorance or increased limiters is ignorance of cost. Sometimes we don't know the cost. So find out the cost. What do I need? What is it that you need to do? Do some research. Now it, becomes, it has become very easy because through the Internet you could get massive amounts of research on every subject and topic and job and business endeavor, ministry. I do a lot of study right through the Internet. I can listen to preachers all I want. All different styles, all different philosophies. Wonderful, man. I could, I could listen to the Pentecostal, the Baptist, the Lutheran, Episcopalian. I could, I could uh, study by theme, by topic, the love of God, you know, five million ways to love a human being. <laughs> I mean, amazing, you know, amazing, 23 ways to increase. And that's just one website. <laughs> amazing. So, you know, but sometimes we don't know. And we, so, therefore, since we remain ignorant, we don't know what to do. And therefore, we'll remain at the same level. Don't do that anymore. Start researching. Believe me, by you activating this, you can only get better. You can only get more effective. You can only start your growth process, which the world needs. God wants it. God called you to increase, and he gets upset when we refuse. Next thing is laziness. Some people just plain lazy. Just plain lazy. I just don't care. I just don't want it. Problem is, sooner or later, the roof is going to fall on the lazy man. Sooner or later, you're going to run out of your extra. And today we have a false notion that we have a lot. We call it credit cards. That money is never yours. The piper will come back. And the tune that he's going to play is not a nice tune. You know how the tune sounds? Da-da-da-da. da 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> That was so funny I'll take an Aquafina break. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. That, that, that credit thing is very devastating. Excuse me. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. So we need to be very careful. We need to learn to live within our means and just increase the amount of money we make. By increasing yourself. Hallelujah. So, another thing is refusal. I'm just not going to do it. That's just not the way I am. Well, you better change the way you are. Got to change the way you are. You can do that. Just make a decision. You know I'm going to change. Look at the benefit of the change. Look how it's going to benefit your children, how it's going to benefit your church, how it's going to benefit your community, how it's going to benefit your job, how it's going to benefit your paycheck. Last time I was here, I shared with you how just a new perspective on my own self, how I was able to shift uh, literally, uh, and that was what, maybe 20 years ago, how I was able to increase my salary at that time, 10000 $20,000. It blew me away. And even today, I continue to see the opportunities. Okay, I need to make an average of twenty to $30,000 more because, my God, milk has gone up in value. Salaries stay the same. Gas is gone up in value. salary stays the same. Con Ed has gone up in value. Salaries are staying the same. And I'm saying, what's going on here? Just the other day, I mean, even direct TV has gone up in value. We have the basic package. We don't even have HBO and all that other stuff. And we're paying $50,000 a year just for TV or something like that. At least that's the way it feels. So, therefore, my salary's got to increase. And I can't look just to a, a standard job. I need to have several resources that are giving me income each and every. Oh. Hallelujah. I need to change. I need to become more than I was because I, there's a lot more. It's a lot more complex. It's a lot more complex. So, some of the areas of payment for increase. Number one, dedication and development. Don't stop developing. Every day, look at it as an opportunity to develop. We have not learned at all. I saw a commercial years ago where the guy, he's going through real quick through the website and the internet, and suddenly he says, honey, I finished. What? I went through the entire web, <laughs> which is a lie. You can never really finish. But he says, In other words, how exaggerated. You know, they use exaggerations on purpose. Truth of the matter is we can never stop developing so much. The pope that just passed away, he had seven languages. We should be constantly learning a new language. Right here, right in this room. You start learning the Greek. Start learning Hebrew. How to study the word better. Get an extra language. Para que si ustedes puedan hablar en español y glorificar a Dios. Porque predicando el Evangelio en español, yo puedo tocar un mundo tremendo que ustedes no conocen. I just finished saying, because with this other language that I have, I can touch a world that many of us don't understand or know. Praise God. J'ai étudié la leçon de français, du oms, du le corps. Amen. That's the only thing I know. (laughs) I'm going to get myself in trouble today. (laughs) Uh. Now, I started I started studying French in school, but I had nobody to practice it with. So I went back to Spanish and I was getting 70s and 65, 66 in French. And meanwhile, I went back to the Spanish class. I was getting 95, 96. I said, I think I better master this one first and then go to the next one. (laughs) But why not? Why not? What is limiting us from learning more? You know, from becoming. Why can't you become a master at your craft? Who told you that you're not supposed to be a master? I just said something profound. In this room, there should be some people that become masters at what they do. See, you, know, you don't understand. You don't pursue success. You become successful and then everybody comes to you. You understand? You become a master and then everybody comes to you for advice. You become the resource in that industry. That was a lot of work. Yeah. Point number one. Dedication and development. Get up earlier, study longer, go back to school, do whatever it takes. Look at those that are successful in what you do. Emulate their principle. Don't, don't try to be a clone. You're going to be your own person. You're, you're unique. You're nobody's copy. But if you get the resources and, and you become a resource, then everybody's going to come to you. They're going to invite you. Can you come and speak at our Kiwanis Club or Rotary Club? Can you come and speak to my employees? And here's a check of $25,000. Amen. Hallelujah is right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and speak. See, see, I'm continuing to train myself. Because everywhere I go, people remunerate me. I don't ask for money. But people remunerate me based on what I can serve. All I do is want to serve. But now I want to serve at greater levels. I want to serve greater groups of people. Amen. I minister to 100, 150, 200, 250. I've ministered maybe to 500, to 1,000 people. But now I want to start ministering to 10,000. Through the website, we can minister to millions. Why not? Who said that we cannot do it? Who said that you cannot become so successful that your, your salary literally is coming from there? 10000 from here, 100000 from here, $200,000 from there, 300000 from there. And everywhere you're going, you're mentoring and modeling the life of Christ. Amen. Praise God. Come on, give Him a praise. He is worthy. The other area is, is personal sacrifice. You have to sacrifice in order to go high. You have to let go of things in order to get the greater things. Most people do this, and and this this is unfortunate. But instead of sacrificing now for a better future, we sacrifice our future for a more comfortable now. I'd rather watch my TV now versus enjoying a greater future. I'd rather eat my Twinkies now than enjoying a better me in the future. There's this commercial that just, it gets me upset, but at the same time, I have to, I have to go, all right, fine. You know, there's a lady, you know, she's, she's ex- um, advertising this exercise machine. It says she's 50 years old, and she's in the best shape of her life. You've seen that? Think, 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 think. And then she comes in, you know, so, and, 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 and she says, I'm 50 years old, and I'm in the best shape of my life. And I said, changed that channel, honey. But the truth of the matter is, I know for a fact that it wasn't that machine that made her that way. <laughs> I know that. You're not lying to me. No six weeks is going to make you look like that at age 50. I don't care what you say. But the truth of the matter is she worked on her body for a long time. There are certain disciplines that she did in her life. And now today at age 50 she can say, look how I feel better about myself. Right? Amen. I look at my dad. He's 72 years old. And he's falling apart. Really, he's falling apart. He's in the hospital. He has to live in the hospital now because he can't walk. He hardly can talk. He hardly remember. He has so many things wrong with him. But in his youth, all he did was smoke and drink and carry on and and, and do a lot of things. So now he's paying. So I'm looking back. So wisdom, the better part of wisdom says, do you want to be like that? Yes or no? Then I look at Jack LaLanne, who's like 150 years old, (laughs) (laughs) and he's still tugging boats With his teeth and with his neck. I mean, come on, people. There are decisions we make now that guarantee our future. But what are we doing now? Some people prefer a better comfortable today, but tomorrow you're going to pay the price. See, it's the law of cause and effect. So it's better that we discipline ourselves now, especially you young folk. By 40, you could be millionaires. By 40, you could still have a lot of energy. You know, as as one of the assistant chaplains to the New York Yankees, I had opportunity to meet some of the older Yankees. And one of them was a pitcher. Um, I forgot his name. But I'm not into that. See, I'm into preaching. But but he's there. I mean, I sat next to him as we're giving him the sun. And this guy's legs were like thick trunks. And he's in his 40s. His hands were like solid iron. When I looked at him, and then I heard... The way he, this man trains every day. Every morning he runs. Every morning he has a personal trainer. Yeah, but he's got money. So... No, there's a lot of people have money and they don't train. I'm convinced this guy would train if he didn't have a trainer. It's a personal discipline. So at age 40, now this man has gotten accolades. He's gotten Cy Young Awards. He's still making several. He just The other day they gave him a multi-million dollar contract just for one year. Making his biggest money in his 40s. I like the sound of that. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, the next issue, area of payment. Courage to pursue. Courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is the bold effort to obey God and His Word in spite of what current circumstances dictate to you or tell you. Well, I might feel a little nervous about it, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to go back to school. I'm still going to sacrifice. I'm still going to get up early and start writing that book or singing them songs or training my voice. You know, the stuff that that God had showed me years ago, but I've been pushing it away and pushing it away and ignoring it. And and I know it's there. It's gnawing at me, but I've become an expert. I've I've become adept at ignoring the voice of God. Ignoring the reason for my potential in life. One of these days, one of these days. That one of these days things, you've lost ten years. Why are you going to allow another ten years to go before you start activating that thing? Hallelujah. Glory to God. What happens when somebody chooses fear above courage to pay the price? Number one, we become frozen in our current condition. Number two, it zaps strength. And we can't advance. Number three, we get angry and even violent when somebody tries to push us forward. You know, it happens to many people. I talk to folk, and within five minutes, I know where they're at. Some of them get angry at me. I say, how come you're not doing that? Oh, pastor, I'm offended that you would even ask. Don't you understand? I'm b-. I say, uh-huh, I know exactly where you're at. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, you come to me, with we'll talk. I'm not going to see. I can't make them do what they need to do. They're right now in denial. Now, I'm not going to push that. But, you know, just every once in a while, I poke and prod. Where are you? <laughs> okay, all right, no problem no problem, no problem, no problem. No problem. When the student's ready, the teacher will come. What happens when somebody chooses fear? Our potential stays within us. We develop an excuse lifestyle. We can even become a hindrance to others. Some of my family members, when I went back to school, and I said, you know, I like this job, but I'm going to go to a better, more qualified, more, uh, better position, which will give me more money. Some of them told me, be careful. You have a good job right now. You're doing well right now. You don't need to do that. Who do you think you are? I'm serious. I'm not lying. We can even become a hindrance to others. Men who showed courage and paid the price, like Joseph, David, Daniel, and Jesus, we look at them and we say, wow, what are the great things that they accomplished. But what did they have to do in order to accomplish? One man ended up in prison. David had to run away from the king. Daniel, he was threatened with death. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. But their lives are significant. They were able to overcome their obstacles. Joseph ended up right next to Pharaoh. David ended up as king. Daniel ended up as a counselor to over three kings in, his, in Persia. In a godless country, that man was recognized as a, go, a man of God. In a godless country. And when the king needed advice, he wouldn't go to the astrologer. He would go to Daniel. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So when you start breaking out, people are going to criticize you. They're going to complain. They're going to say, ah, who do you think you are? All that stuff. But you keep on going. Because there's coming a time where they're going to come to you for advice. They're going to come, for you, come to you for, for, for the jobs. They're going to come to you and say, how did you, you know, you're so lucky. you lucky. you fortunate. You know what's fortunate? You know what that is? You know what lucky is? Work hard, sacrifice, discipline. And when opportunity comes to meet you, you're ready. That's what luck is. Hallelujah. Realize that your sacrifice will benefit others in this and other generations. A book is not just going to help now. Your son and daughter, your grandchildren are going to pick up the book, read it, and become successful. Just because you took the time to self-discipline and to, to give of yourself beyond your, your, your current lifestyle, your current comfort level, you have left, in effect, a legacy. You have left a legacy. Today we're, we're listening <clears throat> all over the, the news. Legacy. Who? The Pope. Because he was, a, he was a, a champion of civil rights. A champion of unity. So he went to a lot of different areas that we wouldn't even touch. He left the legacy. What's going to be your legacy? He lived. He died. You know? Bottom line is, what type of legacy are you going to leave? What is the slash in between? The slash. He lived. Slash. He died. The slash. Hallelujah. Next. Confess the Word. Confess what the Word says about your increase and God's desire for you to increase. Right. Confess the Word. How many of you take the Word when you've got a problem? first thing you do is go to the Word. No, we usually go back to our own habitual stuff. Oh, see, this is the way it's always. See, that's the... Oh, you see, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to stop that. I have to go to the Word. Lord, teach me in Your Word. I need Your wisdom. I ask God for wisdom every day. First and foremost, He gave me permission to ask Him for wisdom. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask, and it will be given abundantly. So, God gave me permission. So, I asked for wisdom every morning. Before I even go through the situation, I say, God, I need wisdom today. Why? Because I know I don't have all the answers. So, I expect wisdom throughout the day. I expect challenges. I don't pray anymore, God, keep me from problems, please. No. I know they're going to come. Because the Bible tells me, once again, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers ever out of them all. It doesn't say the Lord will keep you from problems. It says he'll deliver you from the many issues you're going to have to encounter. Many people think when a problem comes, don't you love me anymore, God? If you love me, I wouldn't go through this. No, no. He loves you. He's with you. And he knew that you're going to go through these challenges, so you need wisdom. So he just ask. I'm ready. I'm ready. Come on. Just ask. It's amazing to me that verse. Ask and you will receive. The, the receiving part is ready. is we that are not asking. Hallelujah. Get rid of the grasshopper associations. There's some people every time you meet them, I mean, it's, it's, it's torture. There's some people I don't want to hang out with. I see them and say, oh, I want to go across the street. Because all they do is complain. Complain, complain, complain. I, how are you doing? Ah, what do you mean, how am I doing? What, what do you think? <laughs> the other day, in one of the buildings I manage, um, I was standing there, and, and this really, really, what can I say? I know she's a successful lady, but she, she looked very, she came in the door. <clears throat> she came in and she looked really serious, really angry. And I looked at her and huh, wow. I saw that lady 25 years ago. In another building that I managed. 25 years ago. Right? And 25 years ago, she was falling apart. And she, every day, every time she passed, she complained. She complained about the uniforms. She complained about the carpets. She complained about the weather. She complained about the people. Complained about her husband. And her husband was right behind her. <laughs> I mean, every, and then 25 years later, I just, she made such an impact. I me mean, that 25 years later, I'm looking... And I, she's passing by, and I went, guys, do you know who this woman is? No, she just comes to see the doctor right there. She says, oh, man, I got a story with this one. She came in, as soon as she came in, she started complaining. She says, if you were in my building, you'd be fired already the way you know. are. I'm looking at her. Man, some people just, all they do is complain, complain, complain. We had a good laugh. So now every time she comes by to see the doctor, the guys are ready. They, they, they have a laugh at her. How are you, ma'am? Is everything okay? Because they know, they know, they know. They just know, so they have a laugh. <laughs> see yourself in your increased state and the benefits that it can bring to humanity. Do you sometimes envision what you're going to be doing in the future? You know God gave you permission to do that also? Actually, he said it this way. Go further than envisioning it. Write it down. To so see the vision, write it down. Make it plain. How do you make it plain? You make it clear. I see myself as the head of a corporation. That's going to benefit humanity in this way, in this way, in this way. I plan to dress in a particular way. I plan to live in a particular house. I plan to give this much tithes. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can tell God, God I, want to, I want to give at least $200,000 worth of tithes each and every year. So if your tithe is 200000 Hallelujah. Glory God. Amen. So God, this is what I see, and I want to be beneficial in this area. In the church, this is how I see myself. This is how, I, Lord, you're showing me, keep on showing me, so I can make it clear. See, if it becomes clear, then you know how you need to prepare yourself. Now, since I see it, now I need to go to school for this. I need to prepare for this. And since I see myself that way, who are the people that are already doing what I see myself doing? Let me go to these people now and ask them how they become that way, so that now I can prepare myself. This way I know how to prepare my week, I know how to prepare my month, I know how to prepare my year, I know how to prepare the next five years. I know how to prepare the next ten years. See yourself in your increased state. And lastly, remember that your increase can only come due to the price that you pay. With the same measure that you, it will be given back to you. Someone else cannot pay this price for you. Let me finish with this. We need a new speech. Many, many people have had a bad, you know, very negative speech. But now he, here's, here's my speech. I can now fulfill the calling of God because I am worthy. I'm worthy because he made me worthy. Yeah. I can now do what other church members are doing, but in my own way of doing it. I don't have to imitate anybody in church. I have my unique way of adding to the house. And we all need to add to the house. I will now have time to serve. Most people say I don't have time. But now I have time. It's not too late for me. Some people say it's too late. I can resume my study. Some people say, I can't study now. I'm too old. No. There are people in their 50s and 60s getting college degrees now. I can work with others. Some people say, I can't work with anybody. I have to work on my own. I'm not a people person. Well, become a people person. I can work with others. I can because God loves me and He cares for me. I can because even though I've done many mistakes in my life, He still loves me. I will begin to speak well of myself and and my future. Amen. Amen. I can think well from now on because my mind is renewed. I will get that promotion. I can and I will prosper. I can confront my past and be victorious over it. I will do something significant in my life. People will now take me serious. I can forgive. I can evangelize. I can preach. I could testify. I can minister. I will break away from my limits. And it is possible for me to change. And I will change. And I will pay the price for my increase. And I will benefit humanity because of it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. He is worthy. The world needs you. The world needs you to increase. Amen. Let's bow our heads right where we are. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your kindness.